Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast with your host, Pat Gates and Mark Bottenhorn. We're coming to you from the heart of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. We are on a mission to push the limits and find strength through endurance, mindset, and fitness. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Mark Bottenhorn. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pat. Hello, hello, hello. Mark, how are you today, my friend? I am splendid. I've never been better than I am right here in this moment. And if I have, it doesn't matter because it's the past. Right now, I'm great. That has been in the present, baby. That's right. That's right. It's good to hear. How about you? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. You know? Having some, some work success, too. I'm going to put this out. You don't even have to humble brag because I'm going to do it for you. Uh, Pat was recently nominated uh, for an, an award at his work and in the category had 17,000 people in it and he's one of four people nominated as a finalist for this award. So there were 17,000, now there are four. Now there are four, yeah. It's like Survivor. I'm trying to get all my Survivor stuff. I'm trying to try to get to the, the, the number one spot in the podium, but I mean... I'm enjoying. I just enjoyed the process. I didn't like expect to to be nominated. I kind of just did my thing and did what I thought was right and give my 100. Like yeah, I do inside inside work and outside of work because I feel if I don't give 100, percent I feel that I'm not doing myself or people around me a service. Yeah, yeah. So like, what has happened is it's a byproduct of you loving the process of what you do. That's right. Uh, everything that goes involved with it, and that doesn't, and that means also like loving the, the, the shit part of it too. Right? Yeah, because there can be some shit parts of it. Yes, and we'll get into that. But sometimes you have to eat some crap to really get through the uh, the stuff. So, so uh, there, there, therefore, you when is the award like ceremony? Um, it should be within the next couple of months. There, um, they I have to do tomorrow. Actually, I have to do like a little big video thing, like interview. Um, that they're going to put up like uh, during like the ceremony and everything and it's going to be like it's like it's like I'm, the, I'm on the MTV Movie Awards or something or whatever oh cool like Jersey Shore yeah like, yeah yeah I'm, Shore. yeah I'm definitely um, I think I'm like more of like a Vinny than like a Poly D of course you do I think you're more of a Ronnie from the time Ronnie Ronnie oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, but that's another story we don't need to get into that again um yeah, so, well, congrats on, on the nomination. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, do you get, like, a car or something if you win? Um, they haven't really said what we're supposed to get yet, If we what we like, what we win or anything. Yeah. I think we're kind of keeping it a mystery because it could be, like, you know, uh, like a Shinola watch or, yeah. like, whatever. Good. I, I hope you can join the ranks of successful people who want a Shinola watch because right now you don't. Yeah, well, this one would be for free, though. It's very sad. I paid for mine, so that's <laughs> cooler. Um, yeah, so... Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I know um, we got some really big news with you, all your accomplishments. Yeah. Um, so it's very exciting. I will start with a preface that uh, I believe it was on episode 12. I talked about if you don't like your situation, um, you should change it. And I said that I needed to change my situation to further prioritize training and work-life balance and happiness and, uh, you know, just maybe get into a better climate. And... You know, because it'll help my running, help my happiness, help my fulfillment. And I did. I just accepted 
my dream job with New Balance, and I'll be relocating to Dallas in a few weeks uh, to take on the regional role down there. And I'll have um, all of Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana under my uh, under my watch. That is super proud of you. I know I know people don't exactly know this, but it, it took you three tries for you to get this job. Yep, and that's what I talk about, just like eating crap and taking it all the time. I got turned down after never being turned down for a job in my life. If I ever interviewed for a job, no matter how big or small, I got it. Um, and it was a shock to my ego, certainly, and it hurt because I felt like, oh, I put all these things in place like to, to, to relocate, to prioritize uh, fulfillment in my life, and I can't do it. And then I tried again. I can't do it. And I said, can you give me some feedback? And they're like, no, you're, you're great. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, well, this sucks because I'm great and I can't get the job and I can't do anything else. What yeah, can I do? Like, well, obviously I'm not great. I'm not getting the job. Like, why are you like telling me I'm doing, I'm doing great? Right. But it, and I was doing well and I, and I did yeah. get the job. It was just about a matter of finding the right region. And uh, it, wait, I'm going to a pretty large region and I'm really excited to get started there. New Balance is no secret. It's my favorite company of all time. And I'm so excited to be uh, formally on the team. And, uh, That's so exciting. with New Balance, yeah. So it's it's a good one. Uh, so on this podcast, we want to talk about, but I guess the last thing I want to say is, like, you bring that up and it's true. Like, I failed three times at it, you know, or I failed two times and the third time was the charm. Um, and I think that perseverance is so important because I was right there at that level of almost giving up. And how well does that relate to running? Like, or any endurance sport or... Yeah, related to just, you know, life. life, life in general. Yeah, so, so I think, that's like I think that's a testament for people out there who are thinking of maybe stopping what they're doing or giving up just to keep pushing. Yeah, because the result is is going to be satisfactory for you. One hundred percent. Have you ever seen that picture of like the two guys like mining for diamonds, and the one guy gives up because he's so close, and the other guy's still trucking away with yeah. the pickaxe? Yep. Like that guy walking back dejected with the pickaxe over his shoulder could have been me. Um, but I decided to, to keep, keep on going, going after it because I really wanted it. And that's what happened. So like when you're thinking about giving up or you think it's not working or you think it's not your time, keep going and you will break through. And, uh, I'm living proof of that because I'm not special in any way. I just kept right. going. I, mean, I was just too stupid to tell no. Right. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back into like, you know, controlling what you can control and utilizing your resources and just keep on going. Yep. That ultimately... I've been saying this for a long time, and it took me a long time to realize it, to be truly happy. You are in control, and I'm not talking about in, in, in the realm of depression or anything like that or mental health, but I'm talking about in, in general. You are in control of your happiness, and you are responsible for your happiness and fulfillment in life. And if you don't like something, change it and make yourself happy. Um, and that's what I did. you got to trust the process. Yep. Yep. And uh, you can't feel sorry for yourself. Uh, but yeah, so on, the, on this on this episode, we kind of want to just go over a little bit of training stuff uh, leading up to the North Country Trail 50-mile race in nine days. Um, and for a, anybody that doesn't know, I raced at the North Face 50-mile May 4th. Um, I made it eight miles into the 50-mile race, 8.9 miles in, and I had to drop out with, uh, with a groin issue. Um, but that was just a microcosm of really what was going on under the surface and I imploded after that race and talked about with everybody like maybe not running anymore competitively or mm -hmm. any of that stuff and I thought no I still have a lot in me and I want to 
and I want to do it right. So North Country Trail Race has always been one of my bucket list races, and we were lucky enough to get in. Um, and so I was already registered for it, and I said, yeah, I still want to do this, but i got to make some changes. So I want to compare and contrast the differences in the training cycle for that race that was destructive and unhealthy physically and mentally versus this kind of monk mode that I've been in for North Country prep and how it's made a world of difference in my life. So let's kind of let's kind of bring it back to the North Face 50 in New York. Yeah. What what was your training like then? Um, so 12 hour work days. Mm -hmm. um, you know it was really tough. It was still hard to train in the spring in Michigan. It's not super easy. Like you don't have access to a lot of trails. No, so I was running all on the road and treadmill. And um, I was just putting I put myself into a really unforgiving. Uh, situation where I wasn't forgiving uh, to myself. Like, if I had a really tough day at work and I worked for 13 hours and I just couldn't drag myself out for my second run of the day, I would beat myself up. I would, like, mentally abuse myself and, and things like that. And I, I just got too, I don't know, got too much in my own head with that. Um, I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself. Like, they're going to be elite, you know, the elite and world-class runners in this race. And if I'm truly like elite, like people say I am, then I got to prove it in this race and I got to go out and see my breakout race. And I'm going to, I'm going to like take these people and I'm going to run them down or I'm going to die trying that type of pressure. Um, I wasn't sleeping really well because of work and other things my anxiety was bothering me a lot. Um, and I wasn't in a good regimen to where I was like waking up at a specific time. Like I was kind of, I don't like to sleep. So I'm like a kind of an early riser, but I wasn't maximizing my time during that. Um, and then I was messing around with my diet a little bit. I went from a plant-based, whole foods, vegan diet that we were like eating, um, even dating back into fall of 2018. And then I got off of it for eight weeks. My stomach was messed up. And um, I was just trying to experiment with things. I'm really not a big fan of like factory farming. So it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. And it was a failed experiment. Um, so... Those were all the, I think, the things that went into it. And, like, the biggest thing was that I identified as a runner or a sub-elite or elite um, ultra runner instead of identifying as all the positive things I am, a leader, a coach, an entrepreneur, um, and a, a hard worker. So I think the first thing was this transaction before I did anything else I thought, do I really want to do this, right? The answer was yes, I really want to do this because I love this and, and running um, is one of the biggest loves in my life, without a doubt. Um, so the answer was yes, I wanted to do this. Um, but if I was going to do that, I had to be nicer to myself, right? So the, the first thing about being nicer to myself was, one, um, as a coach, I'm very lenient, I'm very nice, I'm very supportive. Um, oftentimes athletes come to me because they can't, they can't, run because their, their kid is sick, their car broke down, they had to work late, um, they're not feeling well, they're run down, their mental health isn't great, whatever it may be. And I say, that's okay, that's okay. Like, we're going to work around it, we don't need to add on, we don't need to punish ourselves, we're going to just work through it, it's not a big deal, we forget it ever happened. I have, that at, I have that attitude with my athletes, I don't have that attitude with myself. And I looked and I noticed that difference. Um, and we can do that, right? But when I did that, I made this rule that I was going to treat myself exactly how I would treat my own athletes in that situation. So in a sense, like I was coaching myself on that, on that aspect alone. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was good. I think a lot of times we can be really critical of ourselves. Oh yeah. I mean, that's where, I mean, 
especially when you because we know we know what we're capable of like we're we're our own worst enemies sometimes we're very critical of what we do so because we all because we expect so much and we just want to be successful and like help people around us be successful and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and sometimes that pressure isn't needed where we need where we need to you know look ourselves in the mirror that accountability mirror and kind of like say say nice things to yourself because there's nothing nothing wrong with you i mean just sometimes just like oh man i'm just going through it going through the motions but once we're nice to ourselves like the way we're nice to your athletes or the way we talk to other people we can we can grow yeah i mean there have been times where i've like said things to myself or in my head or felt i felt a certain way and we all do it but i felt a certain way and i was like i would never ever say that to somebody in the situation that I'm yeah. in. Like, if, if I step back and look and said, like, oh, my God, you're balancing all this thing. You have, like, a, 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 an infant child. You're running all these... You're coaching four dozen athletes. You're running all these miles. You're working so hard at your job. You're building this brand. You're building a podcast. You're, you know, like, volunteering your time to work with, like, mental health and anxiety. Um, I've, coaching, I, I've coached athletes, uh, obviously, completely for free. I can't afford it because I don't believe anybody should be limited because of their financial situation. And like, so I would say, like, if somebody else was doing that, I would say, you're a kind person, you're a generous person, you're a hardworking person. So I had to look back and I say, well, why can't I say that about myself? Like, is it okay? You know, I always feel like, mm-hmm. is that cocky to say, like, I'm a, I'm a good person? But like, so I was struggling with that. And I think that that hurt me. So then I stepped back and said, okay, I would treat others that way. Why am I not treating myself with the same uh, thing? And mm-hmm. so I decided to say, you know, what do I truly value about myself? And the thing I value probably more than anything about myself is that I'm a hard worker whether it comes to relationships, whether it comes to training, whether it comes to uh, work. I'm a hard worker, and I don't think I'm the smartest or I'm not the fastest or I'm not the strongest, but I do believe that I won't be outworked, and I value that about myself. So that's a, that's a positive. So mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the negatives, like I wasn't disciplined enough, I focused on the positive, and right. it, it made me start to love myself more, right? I mean, yeah. what do you value most about yourself? About myself? Yeah. My, I guess my empathy with people. Yeah, I can. I guess I can be a really good listener. Yeah, I, I think that is true. Uh, you're you're probably the most empathetic person that I know. Uh, you, I can tell, like, just knowing you for so long. It's been it's been so long. Like, think about it, it's been 16 years, almost to the date that we were in the pet store <laughs> and the blackout happened. Oh my God! Yeah, and we were already friends for a while then. A yeah, and that like yeah, I've known you for so long. Yeah, I've known you. Much longer wow, than I great, haven't known you. Wow, the great blackout of, uh, of Detroit. Yeah. yeah, it was like almost countrywide. It was yeah. East Coast. Wow. Um, so, and in that time that I've known you, you are, I would say, probably the most empathetic person I know. I can tell that when, when you feel something, like you feel it harder than other people do. You, you emphasize with people's situations, and you're really kind. Yeah, because, um, like, who am, I, who am I supposed to, you know, ju- like judge, like, the way someone feels? I can't, I can't exactly know what someone feels i can only you know, listen and embrace them and like try to do my best to help them through whatever they can they can i'm not trying to like, give solicit advice i'm not trying to whatever what if people want want to just talk about whatever i can listen and that's all i need that's that's fine awesome yeah the 100 percent. so that's like a positive thing about mm-hmm. you right and it's in, in this in the situation where we always bring up negative things about ourselves like yeah. we think about them like it's so refreshing to be like there are some positive qualities, right? Because there was like, I mean, I know you were being so hard on yourself and talk, talking negative about yourself, especially after this race. Yeah, the repercussions of that were pretty substantial. You were thinking about not running anymore. You think about just like 
kind of walking away from a lot of stuff. But like, what, what has what has transpired for you for that switch? For now, you're like motivated, and you're you know you're been on this training yeah. for this new for this North Country Fifty coming up in nine days. So May fourth, I dropped out of the race. Um, I didn't want to be there at the race. I didn't. You know, so like that probably made me drop out a bit more. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be there. And the first thing I did was get back to Michael and Brittany and to Meredith, and we went back and through this like kind of long driving we did in kind of like upstate New York along the Hudson or whatever it was, we were just talking about a lot of things and Michael's upbringing was really similar to mine. And just talking about it and Meredith was talking about like all these things and I'm like, wow, it made me realize I put too much pressure on myself. But in that very moment, I couldn't realize that it took a few days to digest kind of mm-hmm. uh, and marinate on it because the like soul-crushing disappointment that I felt from my performance in that race outweighed everything. I thought I wasn't tough because I mentally just pretty much dropped out of a race not even 20% into it because I didn't think I was strong enough to deal with it. Um, I didn't think I was strong enough to compete. And I, I let myself down basically on what I believe, you know. Uh, so, like, I felt a lot of things and I, and I wanted to quit and I thought maybe I'm not cut out for this. And that stuff hurt and we, we talked about it before on here. Um, but then as time went on, I was able to, you know, I made that list of all the things that went wrong in my training. And from Matt's perspective as a coach, he did every single thing right. Um, he programmed my training like masterfully. It was it was my end on the mental end, um, and I wasn't being like accommodating enough for myself. So I made that list, and then I looked at the things that I didn't like, and you know, like I didn't think I was disciplined enough in the race. I wasn't getting up early enough to train. I was putting myself in a hole for the day. Um, I, you know, like of course, like after you work a twelve-hour day, you don't really want to go run twelve miles, but like. I usually run before, like I put myself in a hole. I didn't knock out what was important. Um, so I looked at that and I said, okay, I want to be more disciplined then. So what can I do to be more disciplined? So I took notes of the things that I did, like um, like I spent too much time on Facebook this morning. Like, not this morning, because I don't do that, but I did it at that point. So I was like, okay, so if I want to be more disciplined, then I won't go on Facebook or Instagram in the morning. Um, and then I started developing a routine that was more disciplined. I started going to bed at like 10 o'clock at night, uh, getting up at like 5.30 and rolling around on the foam roller. Um, running and then worry about self-care like um, more like foam rolling I bought a hypervolt so I'm using that like for like percussion uh, massage and stuff like that um, started working on flexibility I hate yoga I started doing it um, so I started doing all these things that made me undisciplined before and I started I started just doing them to be more disciplined and it worked and so this time I've been more disciplined um, and I've also been more disciplined at telling people no like I've done a, I've done a really good job of, you know, something I've always wanted to stop doing was drinking, um, not because it was necessarily a problem, but because it, it wasn't helping me training. If it's not helping me training, and if what I'd love to do is run and compete at the highest level, if that's not at all helping me, then there's no room for it. So I cut it out. That was something that was big, and we, yeah. we talked about, it, and I cut mm-hmm. that right out. Um, so that made me feel more disciplined, and um, I went back to my normal diet felt a lot better. I had a lot clearer conscience. I'm not here to preach. I just had a clearer conscience of what I was eating. I felt like I recovered a lot faster. It might be because I was eating so many more vegetables and fruits that the anti-inflammatory effect was really helping around mm-hmm. around training. It was a noticeable improvement. So that was uh, the you know the big change is like I started being kinder to myself so far and I was a lot more disciplined. Then I guess the third aspect would be that I changed the way that I approached training altogether. Um, Matt still coaches me, and he still writes great training plans for me. 
The difference is, is that I slow down and keep my heart rate lower and I keep the run more enjoyable. Uh, so instead of hammering and running 620 and 630 pace easy runs, I run anywhere from like low 650s to high 720s. And that's been a huge adjustment for me and it's worked really well. My heart rate's been really low. Um, I, I spend most of my time convincing my athletes to run slower, to actually run faster. And um, so I've been keeping the easy days really slow and I've been keeping the fast days really fast, faster than ever before. And I've been keeping the long runs, how they're prescribed, either slow or fast, depending on the, on the day and the nature of it and the specificity to the race. Um, so that was a huge change. And then, I mean, I've made these kind of sweeping changes and the big thing that I've made is less social media. I spent way less time posting on Instagram uh, getting content for Instagram, any of that stuff, and it's hurt my reach on Instagram, like the amount of people I reach. Um, but at the end of the day, it's improved my training, it's improved my well-being, it's improved my comparisons to others, and those things have all made me happier. Yeah, I mean, the the first two things you, you, you talked about, well, it wasn't even about training. You changed different things first before you changed your training. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that that's what helped you you know, train better. Yeah. I'm training more effectively. I'm logging more miles than I ever was. I think I averaged 56 miles a week leading up to the 50-mile race. I've always been inconsistent with that because I hit like an 85-mile week and I crash. Mm -hmm. uh, this week, I averaged, or this time around, I averaged 78 miles a week. So 22 more miles, more a week. Yeah. Um, I did it healthier. I feel better. I'm better to be around. Mm -hmm. I'm more fun to be around. Um, and I didn't make... A whole bunch of changes to the training I made a whole bunch of changes to my environment and it allowed me to train better and smarter yeah because that's I mean it's also super hard to especially when you work you know 10 to 14 hours a day and then on top of running and training and even getting a workout in and then on top of being like a, like a new father yeah. and I know I know for me like people say you know you know, like close friends of mine say you're addicted to your phone you're always on your phone yeah kind of thing well I mean I've Put, put things in place where I'm using my phone less, where I, I can put like a lock on my phone where I can only use it for a certain period of time throughout the day. And um, that's been helping me like get, because usually when, you, when I get up in the morning, you know, I do the same thing, foam roll, and then go right to the gym. Get my stuff together, go to the gym. Where, you know, before I would get up, sit on Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, and then by the time I was like looking at it, I'm like, I could have been at the gym like 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago. Yeah. So just wasting time where I could use, where I could just utilize and maximize my time. Yeah, nothing positive happened in that twenty minutes you were scrolling. Absolutely not. Just watching this, seeing you know a couple fifty year olds arguing about politics. Yeah, one of them was probably my dad. <laughs> it's um, just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So you found it to be more effective that you weren't on your phone. Hundred percent, and and you know I was you know nominated for this award, but I also like when I'm at work, I'm at work, and when I'm not at work. I don't, I don't think about it. I don't check, I don't check my work emails. People are like, why don't you have your work email on your phone? You know, to like, I was like, well, what's the point? I can't really do anything about it until I go back in the office tomorrow anyway. Yeah. Just worry about it is all you can do, right? Yeah. So I just, I'm worrying about stuff at, at, from work and it's like, it's, gonna, it's affecting my, my mood while I'm outside of work. It's affecting other stuff. I'm just like, I'm not, when I'm at work, I'll give it my, my hundred percent all. And when I'm outside of work, I'm not at work. I'm not logged off. Yeah, that's, that's really good that you can do that. I've struggled, um, and a lot of my own athletes that I coach struggle with the ability to disconnect from work, um, and it just becomes so ingrained in our society. I think that the American culture doesn't prioritize work-life balance. 
um, and, it, and it rewards those who who are willing to just work their life away. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just the way it is. Right, and once, once you can control the things you can control, and especially like when you're not checking stuff at work, you you can you maximize your time at work because you you don't you're not like oh I can just you know, do stuff later on my phone. You're trying to do everything in your power at work and trying to get things done and just maximize your time at work. So you're more you're more useful there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think controlling what you can control is is important. Um, if you look back at the comparisons between the races, um, the things that I couldn't control were the weather in Michigan. I can control my attitude, how I train, the facilities I trained in. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I've done that. I'm at better training facilities, um, and now I'm going to be living in a completely different climate altogether. Um, you know, I I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep. I could control that, and mm -hmm. so now I've started going to bed earlier and prioritizing sleep as being really important and regenerative for uh, training in day to day life. I wasn't happy with my diet. It made me feel not only lethargic but guilty, um, and. So I could control that. So I went back to kind of eating a whole foods, plant-based diet that I feel a lot better on and a lot more liberated. Um, I wasn't doing the small things like foam rolling, stretching, uh, yoga, and scratch the stretching part because I don't believe that, but yoga, foam rolling, you know, wasn't doing the dedicated workouts that I was mm -hmm. doing, the cross training. And I can control that. So yeah. I controlled it. So really the biggest change is in the way I feel, I feel like a completely different person. And the biggest changes come from controlling what I could have controlled and not worrying about the other things. I don't know if it's going to snow on race day. I don't know if it's going to, we're going to have the worst April here ever and get pounded with snow like we did or whatever it is. I don't know. But I can control how I react to it, and that's what I did. April. Yeah. We got crushed in April. Snow oh, I thought you were talking about, like, I was like, we're in August, bro. <laughs> no, right. Oh, okay. no, I'm talking about leading up to oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the yeah. North Face. Uh, now, oh, yeah, now it's just really hot. You can't control how hot it is. Um, no. That's the thing about Michigan. It's four distinct seasons, four extreme seasons, though. Very extreme. And uh, it can make it tough. Um, but, you know, if, if controlling those things are what put me in a place to succeed, and now I feel completely different. I don't feel like the same person I was four months ago leading up to this race. And I think you, you are a different person. You have, like, a more positive... Uh, you, you can even tell in your tone of voice. Yeah. And that's that's huge. That's like that's a that's a huge step. And uh, once once you you, you did a lot all these things because you were training really hard before, and you just did, you just slightly switched like just little things, and it, it is a profound change. Yeah, I didn't like hit home runs. I didn't go from running sixty miles a week to yeah. hundred thirty miles a week and get myself peninitis. Um, I made small changes because they're sustainable, and small sustainable changes are what led me to increased happiness. I was happy then, I'm happier now. Um, I was motivated then, back and forth. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so laser focused and motivated now. Like I was having, I was enjoying 50% of my runs then and I'm enjoying every single moment of it now. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just so much happier. I'm so much more um, fulfilled in my life now. Yeah. And all these things play into it, all those changes. And that's the thing too, like you don't be scared to write down like well, you you wrote down you wrote down a lot of stuff. You wrote a few lists out, mm -hmm. and I think that's super that's super smart. That's how I mean. That's how I write down. I do. I write down all my goals too. Like, is like this? Is my goal specific? Is my goal measurable? Is this goal attainable? 
you know, is this, is there a time frame on it? You know, you kind of have, you kind of line up all these things and you can, you can see your progression throughout, throughout it too. Yeah. So I started doing this thing where I carried my notebook with me. I made a checklist of things I had to do the next day and I also made notes. And so like one of my notes would like, you know, for example, let's say I had to get a few things done for work. I had to do a few things remotely. I had to get, we'll say Maggie's training log fixed, um, specifically hers because like the formula is broken in the log. So I wrote all those things down that I had to do. And then I would, I would do them and check them off as the day went on and more things would go onto the list. But I'd also take notes about things that I did. Like this morning I spent, um, 26 minutes scrolling on Facebook, right? And on that specific moment, I remember writing it and I wrote, what can I do? Like maybe limit it to 10 minutes next time and, and, and cut it down more than that and be more, you know, just writing it down and putting it in action made me more likely mm. to be aware of it in the future. And that's what happened. And, and like, I think that's the best form of like self-improvement is being able to notice those little things that we're so unconscious to. Normally. Right. Also, you know, distracting, you know, like I, I, I turned off all like the notifications too, that, that, that like pop up on your phone. Yeah. Minus like phone calls and stuff. But like, you know, if you get like a, like a notification from Facebook or notification from Instagram and then like you're, you're doing something, you automatically want to check it real fast and you're like, yeah. you may immediately get distracted. Yeah. So to eliminate those distractions is also like improving stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you put that in this, like, you know, some people don't write their goals down or whatever, but if you, if you log, if you log that, however you do, yeah. like, I think that's good and it makes you more aware and conscious of it. Um, I, so I started doing that and I, I learned it from David Goggins. I started calling it an after action report, uh, which is really dramatic because I'm not doing any type of uh, military life saving things. Um, but it, to me, it's like it's a report that I that I just write, try to write to myself nightly or every other night, um, and that's I think made me not only a more organized, a more disciplined person, but just a better person because it allows me to be more mindful of the things that I'm working towards changing and, and bettering myself. Yeah, so I mean, it's really it's super nice to have that self reflection of like you know that I could have handled that situation maybe a little better. So then you know for the future and then instead of just forgetting about it. Yeah, I know. I know this time around in your training, you've done, you also done a little bit more, uh, you know, put implemented like, you know, two to three times a week in weightlifting. Yeah. Well, it wasn't weightlifting per se. And I get asked this a lot. So this is a good time to go over this. I don't, um, I don't strength train as much as people think for one, uh, two, I think I look more muscular on camera than I am in real life. Um, but one thing is I think that weight training is important. I think that, like, if we're talking specifically into endurance sports, right, even even as far as going into OCR, uh, the sport's primarily aerobic, primarily running. Um, so my philosophy on, on running is to be the best runner, you should run more. Um, and more mileage is always better until it's not better. And at some points, you start to get negative returns. Uh, typically, an elite athlete's going to get negative returns over a certain amount of hours of training a week. It's just science. Um but people who are sub-elite athletes or, you know, your kind of recreational athletes, they might run into barriers with time. They might run into barriers with biomechanics. They might run into barriers with several things. They don't have the things that we all have access to necessarily. Um, so a good thing you can do is implement strength and cross-training. Um, it can also improve imbalances, things like that. You know, you can get really running-specific or OCR-specific strength training that will be helpful. Um, but the thing about just trying to throw everybody on a really high mileage where the mileage is always increasing platform is that while that method of training is effective, it doesn't work for everybody. Like I said, so like you can think of it as like if you take a, a dozen eggs and you throw them all up against a wall, like 
fill the whole carton, like most of them are going to smash, right? And that's how I would weed out those runners who can't run 80, 90, 100, 120 miles a week. And a few will survive, and a few will make it through that brutal training. But not everybody can do it. Not everybody's suited to do it. So you have to find what range of mileage works for you. Recently, it's been like 85 at the max for me has worked best because of the 12-hour workdays. I could run more without getting hurt, and it would be really beneficial for my aerobic system. It would be beneficial for running specific mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't have the time to do it. Right. You know. So, um, yeah. So I think running more is always key, but I think that for everybody that's an impossibility. So adding in that strength training is what helped. And early on in this training, when I was really building my base mileage, I was strength training up to three times a week. And I wasn't like going to the gym like a bodybuilder and claiming around weights, but right. I was using Dead, deadlifting. Yeah, I did do a little too much deadlifting. And I, <laughs> I realized like 46 miles into this race, I'm not going to be deadlifting anything. So <laughs> no, I hope maybe not. Maybe I should focus on that volume. Um, but... I was using kettlebells. I was doing a lot of stability stuff, a lot of resistance band stuff, stuff that's like strengthening tendons and ligaments and mm -hmm. helping your body absorb impact more mileage. And that's where I think strength training is beneficial. But in terms of going into the gym and you uh, do some dumbbell presses and you do some curls, really not effective uh, in the grand scheme of things for endurance athletes. And actually, likely, the more muscle you put on, the more counterproductive it is. And there's a caveat to that too because some people have really low like lean body mass. So having more lean body mass, like more muscle, will help them burn fat more effectively. It'll help them be more resistant to injury. But I'm I'm talking about like at my personal level, mm -hmm. I don't need any more muscle. I need less. Right. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. So yes, I've strength trained three times a week for a few weeks. Then I went down to two times a week. Then I went down to one time a week. And now leading up to the race in the final two weeks will be zero times a week. So um, have you have you kind of cut back on your mileage like in the last like week and coming up to the race too? No, typically you taper for a race like this. I think I think I hit eighty five miles three weeks ago. Then I hit seventy seven miles, and then I hit seventy. Then I hit sixty four, but this week I'm hitting sixty eight, um, and that range is relatively low for me. Like when you start getting sixty four, it's pretty easy. And then the final week, like next week, it'll be really tapered down. Um, but I haven't done as aggressive taper as we've done in the past. But we also think I'll be back running like five days after. Yeah. Five to seven days after because yeah. this isn't like the big focus of the race. This is just one race, you know. Right. The focus could be national championship or something like that. Right. So so, so with, uh, with the move to Dallas, uh, the Texas Rattlesnake in Dallas. Yes. What, uh, well, so you kind of like readjusted some goals like kind of for like any more races or – um, I haven't readjusted the goals. Like what I would like to do, and this is really optimistic, is I would like to log a lot of mileage, and I would like to come up to Madison next year and run in the USA 100K Championships with a shot at making the USA team for the World 100K Championships. Um, don't know that it will happen. Like that's not the the reason that I'm doing it, but it would be nice to see where I uh, stack up and know what I have to do to hopefully make a world team. Long term, yeah, and sure. this could be a five-year goal or a six-year goal, but it's going to really mm -hmm. start the process of starting now. For yeah. Me. So after after this race, do you, do you have any like races planned, like in Texas uh, or anything? No. We're holding. So what I was going to do is I was going to do the Hennepin 50k. Um, there's to be honest, there's a little bit of prize money if you set the course record there, and I could run another course record for the 50k. So that was really that was like mm -hmm. free grab and some money, and then just. Three or four weeks later, I would use that as like a really hard long run for the um, 
Tunnel Hill 50 Mile, which is a really fast race, and top three there getting mm-hmm. some pretty decent prize money. So that was the mission. Um, but those were nice because they're in Illinois and Indiana, um, so they're really located up in the Midwest here. But now that I'm in Texas, it takes all those things out. Yeah. So not going to change anything right now and like just worry about getting moved and getting settled in there. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll decide on the races, and who knows? I might. I don't know. I don't know anything, but I might, might jump in the USA 100 mile championships, depending on how the 50 goes. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's great. I mean, I think that's a pretty good place to stop. Yeah. For today. Yeah. I'm like super proud of you. You got this job. I know like that sheer perseverance and, and just, you know, that, that willpower to finally get this job you've been trying to for, for, it seems like forever, but. Yeah. So we went by the old, like, one bedroom house that I grew up in today or you know that I grew up in we went by there today and I took a picture of it and like it's like didn't have anything but we persevered and now I have a lot more because I persevered and now I, I have this like really good opportunity with New Balance and this fulfillment and this great business that I'm building too on my own and I think all that comes as perseverance because I don't see myself as being uh, really talented or really gifted or really smart. Um, as a matter of fact, I didn't think I was going to graduate high school, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, much less like do have any type of success in college or after college. So, um, yeah, I think that's just a sign of perseverance. And if that's one thing I can do, it's like, again, I said, I value my, my work ethic and I, uh, continue to, uh, hang my head on that because it's something that, that I find is a desirable trait. Definitely. It definitely so thank shows. You. Thank you appreciate uh, for it. recognizing that. I appreciate that. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Super appreciate everyone that, uh, that tunes in and gives us reviews. Uh, please, uh, you know, rate us on iTunes. Yeah, we're only, we're only two, uh, two five-star ratings away from 55-star ratings on iTunes. So uh, do it, please. Please, but only five stars. Yeah, <laughs> no three-star ratings. Don't be a jokester. <laughs> All right, thanks, everyone. Till next time, stay strong. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at PadXGates. And you can find me at Bottom Running, at run underscore strong underscore coaching, and on my website, www.markbottomhorn.com. So going forward, we're going to try to drop new content every Friday. And if you like it, please subscribe share it, talk about it, anything, but above all else, please rate it on iTunes. We are live on iTunes now and your rating means the world to us. Until next time, stay strong.